0: Welcome to the Afterwork Drinks Club. I'm your host, Vanessa Sanyalke. And I am back with a special summer edition, Summer Nights. Every week, I'll be sharing insights and advice on things that I've learned during my career and running my business to help you along your journey too. Alongside this, I'll be giving my take on the latest news. So you know the drill. If you want to level up, go make your order at the bar, Pull up a seat at the table and join in, because, as always, you belong here. (laughs) Welcome to the Afterwork Drinks Club. I'm your host, Vanessa Sanyalke, and I am back with my special summer series, Summer Nights. So let's get started. What am I drinking? Right now, I am drinking some lemon and ginger tea with some honey. So I'm still not feeling really um, good right now. I can't have any alcohol because I am on medication at the moment. So I'm just teeing it up right right now at this moment. And uh, so cheers, cheers to you all. Right, so what have I been up to this week? I have been battling with I don't know if it's long COVID but even though I've tested negative for COVID it has wiped me out this week completely. I still have insomnia as I mentioned I'm so freaking fatigued and I think the mistake I made is that I was working throughout having COVID so what I am going to do is I'm going to take a couple of days off this week and just try and rest and let my body heal itself. Sometimes I have to remind myself that I've got some sort of like, you know, two things, I'm fighting, still fighting a virus. So sometimes it can take weeks to recover. But also I've got some other ailments that I'm going through. So I'm just a bit poorly at the moment. And I just need to sort of give it time. So that's kind of where I am right now. Last week as well, was if you're UK based, we had this crazy, crazy heat wave it was insane. So we had temperatures of 40 degrees, which was wild. And in the UK, we don't have like air conditioning is not a normal thing in the UK. So imagine I'm in my apartment, I'm on the fifth floor, so I'm on the top floor and it was baking. No AC, it's hot air and it's hot throughout the night. So we had like from Monday till about Monday and Tuesday it was like really really hot, Tuesday was the hottest day of the year and I decided to shut our virtual office, like on Monday the temperatures were about 37 degrees and even on Monday I couldn't concentrate, so I was still working, I still had some calls but it was really really tough and so I just thought, I said to my team look let's just call it a day, let's not try and force it we're shutting down girls talk london office so we shut it down and and i said to our team in nigeria i'm gonna give you the grace as well to be fair to everyone so gtl was off the grid globally for tuesday so some of the london team had ice lollies or the uk team we're based uk wide we're just eating ice lollies all week i just literally filled a bucket with ice and I was just sitting there with ice. I could not move. I just sat on my sofa the whole day and I couldn't move. Like I was just struggling. So that was pretty tough. I don't know if anyone was in the UK during the heat wave, but message me, DM me, let me know how you survived. But it did get me thinking climate change is real, y'all. Like it is real. So I'm definitely going to be thinking more about what I can do to contribute to making sure that we look after planet Earth because this is a really big sign. So it just really got me thinking. And also I'm going to invest in an air conditioning unit. So I have a plug. So I'm going to get an AC unit in the winter to prepare for next summer because, yeah, I cannot melt. It was terrible. It was so hard. And I think it's because some people might say, oh, well, come on, like Dubai is 42, 43, 44 degrees. But their transport system is... Built for the hot weather, the UK isn't, and because of the hottest day of the year, basically the the London and the UK transport system just went kaput. And I was supposed to go to Manchester, which is a another town in the UK. So I live in London. Manchester is about two and a half hours on the train. To drive, it's about four hours. And I was supposed to go to Manchester to talk for a really great organization called Bloom North that as a community of women who work in advertising and media and I was going to be on a panel talking about how you can you know how you can invest in yourself and to give the women in that community tips and advice it was a sold out event there was there was 100 plus people booked and we were trying everything so I had planned anyway to go out the night before on the Monday but this is what is frustrating about the UK we can't deal with snow we can't do with rain and we can't do with heat like we just shut down when there are any issues with the weather so what happened was uh was checking the transport system and the rail lines and there was cancellations there was diversions there were delays and it was just impossible i wouldn't have made it to manchester essentially so i had to make the panel virtual And shout out to Lisa and Sadie from Bloom North. They were amazing. I've never seen, we did basically a hybrid version. So there were two, two panelists who were based in Manchester and it was myself and Jackie who was the host and Emma, Emma lived um, in Scotland. I was, Jackie and myself were in London. So the three of us couldn't get to Manchester. So we were on via Zoom and it was at the Everyman cinema in Manchester so we were on this massive cinema screen on zoom and then um and then the other two panelists were in person and you know live and honestly I think I have not had such amazing feedback from an event like this I would say in a good year It was the LinkedIn post that I'd been tagged in, the follows on social media, the messages, the women got so much out of the event and it just really warmed my heart because I felt like just so gutted. I've never, I've never, I've been to Manchester, I think once in my twenties for a night out, but I've never properly visited Manchester before. So I was so looking forward to it and I was just gutted that I couldn't go, but we were able to connect with the women in the room and it was just so amazing to see all of their social media posts about how much they got from the event. So shout out to Bloom North and thanks for having me. There was a panellist who, whose name is Phil Cookson and he's the director and founder of School of Thought. And he said something, uh, well, the, somebody in the audience asked him a question and his answer, Phil, you changed my life, like... It was a light bulb moment for me and it was kind of very much off the cuff and he kind of just said, you know what, on a real, real level, you only have one life to live. And I don't know why it just hit me, but I've just been so consumed with work, business. I've got so much stuff to do, work, 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 work. These are, these are the things I've got, my vision, my goals And it's like, it just hit me that, you know what? You've got one life to live. You're sick this week, Vanessa. Your health is important because you only have one life and one body. And so that just really touched me. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to worry about people. I'm not going to worry about anything because I'm spoiling this one life that I have to live. And I had been having a really tough week. It's just tough when you're trying to grow a business and... It's not been easy. And I've been having a very just shit week plus ill health. And just just Phil saying that comment, it just stopped me in my tracks. And I thought, you know what? I only have one life to live. I am not going to let any humans, any external forces just ruin this experience for me because it's short. So I just want to thank Phil for changing my life. I did tell him at the event virtually, but I want to say it again. What else have I been up to? I, today, I took my wonderful sister in law, Irene, who was so awesome. She came to visit me and I took her to brunch. So, Saturday brunch is a very London thing. Like, everyone on Saturdays, well, not everyone, but it's quite common for lots of people to do brunch. So, brunch can be like, you're having brunch, but it's, it's the brunch that we have in London. It's like there's music and there's good vibes and there's bottomless cocktails. So bottomless cocktails is literally, you have like unlimited cocktails, Prosecco or champagne and wine for like a couple of hours. But I wasn't drinking. She does she doesn't drink. So we just had the normal kind of brunch there. Madison rooftop is where we went and Madison bar or restaurant, it's in St. Paul's. It was really beautiful. So the venue is really, really beautiful. So we had brunch like outdoor on the terrace and it's got beautiful views of St. Paul's Cathedral. They also had this terrace bar, which has beautiful like cabanas and day beds. If you want to come for like drinks at the weekend or after work. So I I inquired and I definitely want to book maybe like some day beds for like the girls, maybe after work or at the weekend. So I definitely would recommend it for drinks. The food was a bit... I'm not sure. It was very filling, but it was, I think it's called their New York brunch. It was all right, but I wouldn't say it's amazing. So I think I would go to Madison and lots of people do go to Madison for the drinks. So um, I'd recommend it for um, maybe drinks on the terrace, but it was still a really nice afternoon. I am also going to be speaking at Ideas festival so ideas festival it's like um it's in the UK it's in Wickham it's a two-day festival on the 3rd and 4th of August and it's I guess it's around just different thought leaders about how we can have responsible thinking responsible business it's about the people the planet profit it's it's kind of like a business show but for purpose-led businesses and I'm going to be on their diversity and inclusion panel on the 4th of August. And we are actually after Stephen Bartlett. So they've got speakers like Stephen Bartlett, Nova Reid and many more. So I'm super excited. I will be there for the 3rd and the 4th of August. But my panel, we are the last panel on the conversations that matter stage. We come up after Stephen Bartlett. So you can get tickets um, online online. And if you're around and you see me, come and say hey. So I can't wait for that. It's on the 3rd and 4th of August next week. All right, what have I been watching? I haven't... Do you know what? The funny thing is, I don't really watch a lot of TV, number one. Like TV, to me, is just a bit dry. I'm not really feeling Netflix. I feel like Netflix is getting a bit dry. Like they have certain shows that I will just binge watch all in one go. And then literally like three months, I i don't really touch it. I'm not really into their films. I mean, like I used to love, I loved season one of Bling Empire. Is that what it's called? Bling Empire? Yeah. But season two was just trash. So that was just, I didn't even watch like all of season two. It was just rubbish. Selling Sunset, I was diehard fan season one, two, three, four. Season five, trash and they were showing that behind the scenes. I think it's all very fake as well. They were showing the behind the scenes some behind the scenes pictures. And Jason, who's one of the CEOs of the I guess, like I think it's called Oppenheim Group, he was basically there was a photo of him where he was filming the series and he was on the phone, but his camera was on, if that makes sense. So he wasn't on the phone. You could see instead of like having like the caller, you don't like the the kind of caller ID and the time the person's name and the kind of the timer, it was his camera. So he was pretending to be on the phone and I just thought, you know what? This is fake. I'm not going to waste my time watching some, you know, fake-ass show. So Selling Sunset is trash, trash. Selling Tampa, I really liked that. Selling Tampa was great. All black women killing it, bossing it up in Tampa, selling real estate. So I definitely will be excited about season two for that. But Netflix is dry. I watched... Episode one of Emily in Paris, which is created by the, um, by the, I guess, creator of Sex and the City. Um, It's about Emily who ends up, she's an American and she ends up working in Paris. I mean, I'm going to Paris actually like next month and so I thought I would get me kind of excited about Paris, but I don't know, I'm just, meh, I'm just so over. I'm not in the vibe of like TV shows have to be like, super sick and I like crime documentaries so anything about like crime and docs I'm into so not much in terms of Netflix I literally watch YouTube all the time that's what I do every day. Like day I'm just on YouTube watching my favorite channels that I subscribe to <clears throat> or watching like, motivational videos church sermons or watch like watching my favorite podcast like Diary of a CEO by Stephen Bartlett like I watched the YouTube for that so I'm more of a YouTube don than uh, TV. Other stuff that's happening as you know Black Girls Tech Summit we're going to Berlin Germany in October I'm kind of like oh time is ticking and I want to learn German (laughs) because now we're going to be working and doing work in Germany that we've got a really great strategic partnership with Zalando because well, I mentioned a few episodes back. So I'm like, V, you need to start learning how to speak German. So I'm going to, someone I know said that German's very easy to learn and they learned German in three months. So I'm going to start in August and see if I can get cracking on that. So I'm going to see if I can do like an online course um, or program. So holler at your girl if you have any recommendations. I also want to give out, uh, give a shout out to... Uh Beryl and Mercy, so Girls Talk London for five years, from 2016 to 2021, we ran a program called Step Into STEM, and it was a mentoring program that was sponsored by, at the time, Ericsson, Beauty, Vodafone and O2, and we gave mentors to nearly 200 girls who were at sixth form college who wanted to work in the STEM sector, and it was really great. We won a European Diversity Award for it. And I just feel like all of the girls, 200 girls, are my babies. And my babies are now graduating from university. And I'm just like, oh my God. My babies are now being, you know, just being let out into the real world. So Mercy graduated and Beryl and I'm sure many others but I've just seen I just saw those posts on LinkedIn and I'm just so proud of them and just how hard they've worked and it's just amazing and they're both working in STEM as well which is fantastic so shout out to you both and to the step into STEM girls so Beryl and Mercy were like 2016 and 2000 the class of 2016 and the class of 2017 so if you're part of that cohort and you've graduated mama v is very proud of you and i'm just so excited and the best of luck girls the world is your oyster break down the barriers make some noise don't be like you know us lots just be bolder be be bolder be make more noise know your worth And just really, yeah, I'm just so proud. I I just know that they're going to just do amazing things. I just want to give a trigger warning on the latest news update story that's coming up now. This story contains information about domestic violence and abuse and murder. Now is the time where I will talk about some latest news and to be honest, the news has been pretty dry. I mean, I've just been focused on not melting in this heat wave. So maybe and on UK news, it's just been about this heat wave. International news, it's about monkeypox. So stay safe out in these streets, people. COVID's still on the rise, as you know. What else? You know, obviously, the inflation and high prices, that's all I've kind of been seeing in the UK. Our next Prime Minister will be Rishi Sunak or Liz Truss. (sighs) Let me not say anything. So that's kind of the dry news. But I did want to talk about something that is very dear to my heart, very personal. Um, I just felt I had to just address it because it was something that was in the news that's connected to me. So... I um I am a subcommittee member on of the board of Refuge. So Refuge is uh, the UK's I guess largest charity for women and girls who um have been subject to domestic and sexual violence and um Refuge runs uh, the national domestic violence helpline and are amazing just brave, brilliant chair, Hetty Barkworth-Nanton. She was on one of the biggest morning shows in the UK, Good Morning Britain, to bravely speak about her personal experience of domestic abuse and raising awareness. So her best friend, and this is, I guess, Hetty has said that this is the reason why she became chair of Refuge and... Is so she's been a massive campaigner around, you know, just raising awareness and trying to get victims of domestic violence and abuse help and support. Was her best friend was <sighs> brutally uh, murdered by her husband, and he got 20, a twenty six year sentence, but he w- will he's due for release next year, and he's only served half of his sentence. And the reason why is because he, um, and they had two, two children together and it was because he has claimed that he's got a mental health condition and, um, and that's why he was kind of, I guess, not mentally all there when he murdered her um, and butchered her. And despite him digging her graves, he was digging her grave for a long time near where her children were playing so it was a calculated murder and um you know and and also her best friend had been obviously abused by um by um her husband or, or her estranged husband sorry i think they were separated at the time um but hetty um went on good morning britain um to really kind of challenge this fact that the injustice that so many women who have, who are victims of domestic violence, how sometimes the law is in favour for the perpetrator, is what we call them. And and Yarend, yeah, he murdered her one week before their divorce was supposed to be uh, finalised and her children, her poor children were just 10 and 9 at the time. And Hetty has gone went on Good Morning Britain with her best friend's um, mother, who's now raising the children, to just just call out this just fucked up shit. And this hits home for me because um, you won't find this episode on the Afterwork Drinks Club episode list, because I've kind of, like, rebranded, but I recorded an old episode. It's not on the channel anymore. But I shared that I was in a domestic domestically violent and abusive relationship from the age of 16 to 18 and I don't think I shared this on the episode but when I sort of reread this story and, and, and saw Hetty on Good Morning Britain there was there were some similarities so my boyfriend at the time was just an absolute demon and he told me that he dreamt of that he was digging my grave he killed me and that he was digging my grave to bury me. And it's crazy because even when you're in that situation, even after he told me that, I still stayed with him because you think, oh, there's no way he would do that. Like he's just maybe scared that this problem that he has, he's going to kill me, but he wouldn't kill me. And would it, would it, hearing this story again, would it, showed me was that could have been me. And this person who I was in this relationship with ended up uh, just damaging my life. The damage is irreparable. My teenage years were a nightmare. There's so much damage this person has caused. There's... No amount of therapy, no amount of prayer and worship that can ever repair repair the damage. And people don't realise that it was horrific and I had been forever changed. But I do feel like I was so lucky. And so I just felt a sense of just gratitude and just there were chills. I was very lucky that this um, demon is what I will call him, um, ended up, I think, robbing someone and committing a crime and he got, um, deported back to where he's, his country of origin. And, and I feel that that has saved my life because if he was in this country right now, I don't know. I, I just don't know if I'd be here. He was a complete terror. Um, and, I know that there are so many women who are not as fortunate as as me. Their perpetrators are in the same country. I can't imagine. I would be absolutely terrified if my abuser was in this country. So I just, when I just heard Hetty talking about how the laws are just not in favour of protecting women. How can you kill someone, butcher someone? It was obviously premeditated. You dug their grave and you only serve half of your sentence, 13 years for murder and you're now gonna be released, that means that more women are gonna be at risk, more women and and children. It's absolutely unacceptable. So what I would say is charities like Refuge, they they need your support. They need not just around financial support, but just around raising awareness, sharing these stories, educating yourself—you can go on um, just online and just um, just educate yourself on the signs and what to look for. So sometimes you might not know. Okay, well, how how do I know if someone um, you know who who is. Um, is it, how do I know if somebody is experiencing domestic violence? So, you know, you can go on to refuge.org.uk, just educate yourself on the signs to look for, what you can do if somebody is, if you feel that somebody is in danger, if, the, if you feel that they may be ex- experiencing domestic abuse and violence, because the more awareness we can give to this cause, the more education we can give to ourselves about what to look for and the signs, I feel that the more of a difference we can make. I didn't have that information when I was a teenager. I didn't know that I was actually, like, in an abusive relationship. I just thought, oh, my boyfriend has some issues. I didn't know that he could have killed me. I had no idea, and I didn't speak up or tell anyone because I just was not given the tools I was not given the tools and, and and so now we have the tools and resources. Let's educate, especially young girls. I'm so passionate about educating young girls about the signs. Your, your partner, some of the signs that I can think of to share with you are not allowing. So <clears throat> if someone says their boyfriend doesn't allow them to have male friends, that's a red flag. So your friend or loved one may, might be at risk of being in an abusive relationship if they limit how many friends they have or their interaction with their friends that's a red flag also financial so if they don't let the person have access to their account so they might say pay your salary into my account so they control how much they spend that's a red flag so maybe you might have a friend that's maybe got into a new relationship and maybe they're very withdrawn maybe they don't see you as much and don't see many people as much as well that's a red flag. So those are things to, to um, look out for: controlling behavior, insecurity. All of these are could be signs of domestic violence. And for me, I just want you all to just take away that if you, if anyone is listening, and you are in an abusive relationship, to please just save your life because every week, so many women, every day. Women are getting killed because from their partners and, you know, as I said earlier, you only have one life to live. Don't live it. Putting yourself at risk of somebody um, who clearly doesn't love you um, to end it. So I'm going to stop there and we're going to move on to the Climb Summer Challenge. So if you've been listening, this is week four. We've been in the flow. We've been upgrading our careers and our lives. And the climb challenge is the the climb summer challenge is a challenge that I am extending to. AWDC fam to the girls at London community, and it's basically in the lead up to the launch of our six month virtual program called The Climb, which gives women the tools and support to climb the corporate ladder. Over seventy percent of our alumni have got promotions after the six month program. It's for women anywhere in the world. We've had we've got climbers, as we call them from the UK, US and Africa. So if you're interested, go on girls.london.com to sign up. We open doors in September. In the lead up, we are saying to our community, you all are listening, let's level up, let's do something small every week to really add value to our careers and lives. So, drum roll. (laughs) The challenge this week is, it's time for a LinkedIn audit honey okay if you are I don't know where you are living honey you cannot be on earth if you are a professional and you don't have a LinkedIn profile let me school you okay if you are a professional if you are a business owner you need to be on LinkedIn that is what Is popping. I remember the the podcast last week. I was saying I'm done with Instagram, but I forgot to mention like I'm going to be on LinkedIn more. LinkedIn is authentic and it's so good for your career and business. I'm telling you, I've had so many business. I've had so much business come from LinkedIn. So definitely get on. And I've also been able to. It just helps you to brand yourself for whatever industry you're in because recruiters and companies they headhunt on LinkedIn that's what they use they're not on other you know platforms of social media so you really need to have a LinkedIn profile if you're serious and if you're a listener of this podcast I know you're serious about leveling up so definitely get on LinkedIn if you're not on there if you are on LinkedIn there are a few things that I can share with you to pimp your LinkedIn profile so a couple of things just have a look at your profile and big things to look out for your profile picture is it professional when i say professional do you look decent is it on a a plain background or a really nice headshot so make sure your your profile picture is not a selfie it's not from a picture of you on a night out it's like a proper professional photo and you don't have to have a photo shoot but you can just ask someone like if you just kind of get yourself looking professional maybe like in a suit or a a dress whatever it is that's kind of just makes yourself look good and just ask like someone your neighbor or your spouse or your kids stand in front of a white background and take a photo that's professional so make sure you've got um, a professional profile picture and then also there's like a bio section on LinkedIn so just make sure that like your bio really helps sell you, helps you stand out. Make sure that it's got enough information about who you are, your values and your experience as when people look at your LinkedIn profile, that's the first thing that they'll see. Make sure that all of your career history is up to date and you kind of just detail a little bit about some of your roles and responsibilities. And if you can, try and get some recommendations for your LinkedIn profile as well. So that if potential recruiters or headhunters have a look at your profile, are there any clients or past managers or colleagues that can really say, you know what, like you are really good at what you do. So I'm not going to reveal all my tips because, you know, join the climb. If you want me to kind of go in detail, we have a, a module on the climb or a class on the climb on personal branding where I go into detail. I share resources on how to pimp your LinkedIn profile. But I'm going to give you guys just a little taster about how you can pimp your LinkedIn profile. So that's the challenge for this week. I'm going to do it too. I'm going to check out my LinkedIn and see what changes I need to make. Let me know how you get on. DM me on Afterwork Drinks Club on Instagram or at Vanessa Sanyalke on Instagram, Twitter. And DM me on LinkedIn as well. Let me know how it's gone. Okay, so this is the part of the pod where I answer your career and business dilemmas. So if you're going through any challenges or you're trying to navigate a certain situation, Auntie V is in the house and I'm here to help you. So you can DM me on socials after Work Drinks Club on Instagram, at Vanessa Sanyalke on Instagram or LinkedIn, Twitter. And I will happily answer your question on the podcast. So last week I had a question and it was around how do you navigate this situation? So you've got a new leadership role which lacks structure and strategy but your predecessor was praised and really popular in their role. So this person has started a new role. It's a leadership role. And on the outside, their colleagues, their stakeholders think this person is amazing, but this person can, who's got the new, who's got this person's role now is now seeing and unveiling that this person did not know what they were doing. They had no structure, no strategy. And, you want to know what my advice is about how to navigate this. I've had something similar where it wasn't that they lacked structure and strategy, but my predecessor was loved, like literally, she was like the Michael Jackson of the firm. And I was like Tito coming in to do the the role. So it was so challenging to, to the point where the managing partner was just an absolute like douche kebab to me. And all of, like, the senior kind of stakeholders were like, please, child, you're not this person. It was so hard to navigate. So I kind of can see the first part of this, this this um, dilemma, but I can also give some advice about the structure and the lack of structure and strategy. So first of all, take a deep breath <laughs> <laughs> and just pace yourself, Okay. You might feel tempted to hit the ground running and think, I've got to show them quickly that I can do it just as good as they can. And you don't take your time. So, what you need to do is you need to just start bit by bit and make the role your own. So, don't put any pressure on yourself. So, start slowly but surely. Give yourself that, give yourself at least six months to a year to really. Get into the groove of a new role. That's the average time it takes someone to get embedded in a new in a new in a new role. So give yourself that grace. And I think what you, what you need to start to do is you said um, that it lacks structure and strategy. So what you need to do is you need to start looking and reviewing. So I would spend the first maybe couple of months. Not doing anything, but just reviewing. Reviewing the processes, procedures, how, they, how they've how they done things in their department. Doing an audit, you know, thinking about and an analysing what needs to stay and what needs to change and how you're going to change that. And then use that time to meet stakeholders. So start to develop relationships. And just bear in mind, this will take time. It will take time for colleagues to kind of warm to you but start thinking about who your key stakeholders are and just put in some catch-ups and saying hey I'm just new to the role I just wanted to kind of get some sense and feedback from you on what you think could work what has worked well and what could be better and get feedback from them so that you kind of bring them along on the journey and you get more buy-in because when you start meeting with stakeholders and you're looking at the processes that's going to help you devise your new strategy or a strategy. And if you engage the stakeholders early on, they are going to sort of be brought in as well because you've, you know, you've engaged them. So that's what I would say you need to do. And when you're devising a new strategy or putting a strategy in place when, there's, when there hasn't been one, make sure that you make it evidence and database. So that's why it's important to look at the processes and to meet stakeholders so that you can kind of say, look, I've gathered my evidence and this is why I've developed this new strategy. And it's just really important that before you, uh, I guess, announce what the strategy is, make sure you engage your key stakeholders. So these are people who may be, are impacted by your department who you work closely with, get them to review it, give feedback before it's kind of like set in stone because then your strategy will be more successful and therefore you will be more successful. So I hope that's helped you, let me know and if you want to get some advice, get my take on any challenges, do hit me up. I do want to say as well, if you're enjoying this podcast, I say this every episode, but if you are listening on Apple, on your iPhone, it takes like, not even like a minute, it takes 30 seconds. Give me a five-star review and just leave a comment. Let me know how, how you found this episode and how you how do you find the podcast as well. That's it. Short but sweet today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks for joining me for After Work Drinks Club Summer Nights. And I'll catch you next week. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and for joining me for After Work Drinks. If you learned anything from this episode, please do share with someone you think would benefit. Don't forget to leave me a comment with what you learned along with a five-star review. It really helps other people like yourself find the show. Follow us on Instagram on at Afterwork Drinks Club A special thank you goes to Pure Creation Media for producing this episode.